You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. Rick, you know what episode this is? Uh, is it my Paramount Plus subscription? It is your age, Rick. This is episode 60. Can you believe wow. it? Wow. Can you believe He's I'm 60? I can't. You, you don't look a day over 58. All right. <laughs> I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spielman. And I hope everyone had a great Father's Day, including you, Rick. I know I, I did. did. Yeah. I, yeah. No, we traveled. Uh, Went back to Minnesota for the first time since I was fired. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And family. And uh, so it was great. I had really saw my sons that still live in Minnesota. So that was a, we had a great father's day. All right. Great. Great. Uh, It was nice weather here. Took the dog for the walk. Went to a uh, French high school graduation party. And then it came back and uh, beat my kids in basketball. So win for me too. All right. Love it. All right. Today, we're going to break down on a more serious note, Rick. We're going to break down Pete Prisco's top 100 players list, but from a draft perspective, which means you get a, a lot of yelling and screaming from Rick about the list. Uh, which young players are on the list but too low? We'll answer that. Which young players were left off entirely? We'll answer that, too. Which rookies have the best chance of making the list next summer? We'll even answer that. And there's a great chance Rick raises his voice in the process. In case you missed it, last week, we talked to NFL mini camps. Rick reported back from the old Bucks mini camp where he got an up close look at Baker Mayfield. And we also looked at the rookie quarterbacks and how they're developing across the league some six weeks into their new jobs. Check that out in the old podcast feed. As always, please consider subscribing, hitting the thumbs up on the YouTube, or leaving a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps us with the AI overlord algorithm machine. And you know what else helps, Rick? If you guys who support us, those people who watch or listen, share the podcast. So if the spirit moves, you tell a friend. One last thing. What do they get for that? They get a virtual high five from Rick Spielman. (laughs) And those things are in shorts. There it is. That that could be your future. (laughs) One last thing, Rick. Do that that again, Rick. Let's get a clean version. (laughs) Wait, I got aim. Keep it in the camera. (laughs) Oh, God. Boom. All right, he got it. There you go. He just gave away 25 high fives for free. That could be your future if you tell a friend about the podcast, subscribe, thumbs up, all other stuff. One last thing, Rick. While we have our listeners and viewers covered here at with the first pick when it comes to the NFL draft, we're probably not your go-to source for NBA draft coverage, but that's okay. Man, look at old Matt Norlander. They're smooth and handsome on the on the. If you're watching the YouTube's there, CBS Sports HQ has got your back on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. The HQ team will conduct their final mock draft. There's no way they did 50 like we did, Rick, but that's okay. Tune in and see if anyone is as ordinary as Rick. Probably not, or has worse dad jokes. Definitely not. Then on Thursday, watch NFL. Uh, excuse me, watch the NBA draft coverage from 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Eastern to midnight. Check out HQ, the free. 
24-7 streaming network on CBS Sports app or CBSSports.com live. Uh, Rick, who do you think is going to be the first overall pick in the NBA would, draft? Yeah, no, that's why I don't know. I was going to say, don't you think it would be funny if uh, we had our NBA draft podcast and we did our top 10 <laughs> draft on the NBA guys? I think the only person I know is, uh, I can't even pronounce his name. It starts with a W. The tall kid from, I think he's French. He's going to be the first overall pick. Do you know his name? Yeah, no, I don't, but I saw highlights on him and uh, he's supposed to be the next coming. Diva, this, guy is, this guy is Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning combined, it seems like. Victor well, Webignana. There it is. Victor's his first name, right? He's French. Is that, did I get that part right? Yep. How old is he? 19. Oh, boy. Maybe okay. 18. So let me ask you this. When you say Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck, all those guys combined, is he going to have, is he, he looks slight of frame because he's 12 feet tall. Is he going to come in and, and be good right away? Or are we going to have to wait around and, and see? I think he's going to be good right away. Oh, oh, okay. I, I'm okay. still waiting around for Zion. See if he can stay healthy and actually uh, live up to his number one overall billing and the next coming. All right, Rick, I have another NBA question for you. Then we'll move on here. Can you name another player that's going to get drafted in this draft? Because I'm not sure if I can. Uh, I haven't studied it enough. I was studying Pete Prisco's top 100 and trying to pick that apart, which was very easy to do. But <laughs> we'll get into that here shortly. That's a great. That's a great segue. That that's a good. I, I learned that as a tease. Debo taught me that when you're on these, you want to tease as something upcoming that will uh, keep listeners listening, uh, knowing that we're going to talk about Pete Prisco and his top 100 players and Sweet. people that should have been on there that were eliminated. So you also got the memo from Debo about teases to leave out the part where you're going to tell a dad joke because that tends to make people angry. Remember, I'm just a consultant and a supporting <laughs> actor. I don't get I'm not on the memos. <laughs> All right, let's get to it, Rick. You mentioned Pete Prisco's top 100 list that came out last week. We asked Pete to come on the show. He told us unequivocally, no, I think he's scared. <laughs> he said he's going on vacation for a month in quotation marks. I don't know who does that in this line of work, but whatever, Pete, you do you. So we'll talk Pete's top 100. If you want to hear him make excuses for his picks, you can go check out uh, the Pick 6 podcast. He was on there last week with old Willie Boy Brinson and Katie Mox. But in the meantime, we're going to do our part here, Rick, and let's start at the top. Five of these 100 picks, and these this list comes out every summer. Presumably it changes. It changes. Five of these picks were former Rick Spielman draft picks. And every one of them, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Chris, uh, Christian Terrasaw, Dalvin Cook, Harrison Smith have been featured on Rick's picks, which was something we did early on in the in the podcast back in the fall. Uh, as we were getting this podcast off the ground, you would tell the sort of behind the scenes story of how you and the Vikings came together to, to land all these fantastic players. At the top of the list, of course, is Justin Jefferson, who is seventh on Pete's list. And seventh sounds about right. I don't think there's any animosity towards uh, Justin Jefferson going seven. He's also the first wide receiver off the board. I'm guessing you're okay with that as well. What do you think about Justin Jefferson going seven? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, if it makes <laughs> Pete happy, I'm happy for Pete. That's what that's what this whole thing is. No, no, that's, that's a fair assessment. Although I think he continue, will have an opportunity if he keeps going away, he's going, continuing to uh, climb. So all right, let me um, – I got this thing sorted here. On, uh, so Pete had 19 wide receivers go in uh, this top 100, which feels high, but, I mean, there's goal positions. You need a wide receiver to have success. Two of these wide receivers were rookies, 
Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. But I'll just mention some names directly after Justin Jefferson among the wide receivers. The second on the list was Tyree Kill, and he was 12th overall. Uh, the third wide receiver was Jamar Chase. He was 16th overall. And, and I'll mention two more. Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs, they were 17th and 20th, respectively, overall. Any of those players, would you take ahead of Justin Jefferson? No, not right now. Okay. No, right. not the way Justin's going. And then I saw a couple of clips of him at the uh, mini camp and uh, when he pulled the one hander down thrown behind him, it's <laughs> Justin Jefferson. So he's no, he's a bona fide, I think, superstar and uh, is going to get, I think, paid accordingly uh, coming up here relatively right near or at training camp. And then, uh, but well deserved. Um, let me ask you this. How are you working this negotiation for Justin Jefferson? He's going to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. If you're not if you're, going to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, it's going to be probably one of the highest paid non quarterbacks in the NFL is where I'm guessing this is going to go. Okay. Well, that's, that also automatically makes him the highest paid wide receiver. <laughs> but let me ask you if you're the general manager and you're trying to juggle a salary cap well Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his deal so you don't have to pay you're not paying Russell Wilson money to the quarterback but um so maybe that's that I guess that's good right in one yeah, sense no, that you know and that's why they started clearing the cap room with the uh, Dalvin Cooks the, the Adam Thielens the Eric Kendricks the uh, Patrick Peterson's um, because they have to get ready to extend not only Justin Jefferson, but I imagine if you trade and gave up what you gave up for TJ Hawkinson, um, that you're going to have to extend him as well. Yeah, that's that's so it's good in the sense that your veteran quarterback is in the last year of his deal. If you plan on moving on from him and not having to pay him what you're paying him. The downside is you don't have a veteran quarterback who can get the ball to Justin Jefferson. So let me ask you this. Let's say you had something less than Russell Wilson's deal, which is one of the worst deals as we sit here for quarterbacks. It could get better if he improves, of course. How do you juggle that with now trying to pay Justin Jefferson? What Are you just clearing out everything else uh, on the roster and you have two players, basically? Well, like, how do you do that? Yeah, no, those are those are tough decisions to make, but you can't let Justin Jefferson leave. He's uh, <laughs> right. At his age, so whatever you have to do to juggle the salary cap. Again, there's cap accounting and then there's cash. And uh, cash will be significant, but you're, you're able to significantly manipulate the cap in order to fit guys. But at some point, like we saw with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers since I was just there, um, eventually that catches up to you. So you have to juggle around and, and make those type of decisions. So, yeah. But, that's why they probably weren't as active in free agency mm. uh, because your, your cap planning and your uh, financial planning for future years as well, knowing that uh, you have to get Justin done. You have to get TJ Hawkinson done um, because of the draft capital. You gave up for him uh, in a trade last year. Um, and then, you know, the other guy that's going to be coming down the pipe and, Everything I'm hearing about is Christian Darisol, too. Darisol. All right. Well, let's talk about Christian Darisol. That's a, an important point, by the way, because I know some Vikings fans were wondering why the team wasn't doing anything in free agency. They had a plan. They weren't just on vacation. They understood that you got to pay Justin Jefferson and the money doesn't magically materialize. The other thing worth noting, you talked about the Buccaneers 
uh, sort of having to pay the piper. The good news is they beat the clock, and the clock being they got their Super Bowl ring before they had to blow everything up. So mission accomplished. Like you're not complaining about that, right? No, no, yeah. they get, they got a ring just like the L.A. Rams. I mean, exactly, blowing everything up and went from f those picks to please give us as many picks as we possibly can. <laughs> oh, Rick is on one today. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Christian Derrissaw. Um, again, we've talked about him with Rick's picks, and and we'll and Rick, feel free to go into any detail you want on the the Rick's picks version of these players, because as Debo notes, that was back in the fall, and a lot of folks probably haven't heard those stories, and if they have, they probably want to hear them again if they're if they're Vikings fans. But Christian Derrissaw out of Virginia Tech, uh, he is a like, Pete will tell you because Pete will tell you when he's right. Never mentions anything when he's wrong. He was huge, a huge Christian Derrissaw guy coming out. And I thought Christian Derrissaw was going to be a good player. I didn't I didn't know that he was going to be who he is, but that's why you're Rick Spielman and he's Pete Prisco. So Christian Derrissaw comes in at 56 on this list, the offensive tackle. And so just give a quick backstory uh, about how you uh, and the Vikings ended up with Derrissaw back during that 2021 draft, I believe. Yeah, no, that was uh, a year that uh, we were uh, – Vera Tucker was there. We knew we Ooh, needed an offensive yeah. lineman. Um, we ended up trading with the Jets. Uh, we moved down, I believe, just uh, going off the top of my head. We actually tried to move back up because what I've talked about in previous podcasts is you have to know where the threat is of you potentially use, losing a player. So we knew that the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, were going to probably take an offensive lineman and also the Indianapolis Colts. So we actually tried to trade up. Uh, to try to get at or right ahead of Las Vegas. Las Vegas ended up taking Leatherwood, uh, which we were relieved. Uh, we didn't have him as high on our board as we had Darisol. That's a nice way of putting it, but go ahead. And then we moved down, and then we went back and forth um, on whether we, who we would take if the Colts ended up going with Darisol because they needed a left tackle at the time, too. We ended up staying where we were. The Colts uh, ended up taking the defensive end pass rusher from Michigan. Quiddy Pay. Uh, Quiddy Pay. And then that's how we ended up with Darisol. We were very lucky. And when you watched him, and there was no question about his athleticism, uh, Darisol had to get a little stronger, but it almost like he looked nonchalant at times because it was so easy for him because he was such a fluid mover. Right. Uh, the question was, you know, he had that groin surgery or that groin issue coming out. So he came in injured. We had to uh, repair that. He had some struggles, wasn't able to get completely healthy um, until probably halfway through his rookie season. And then once he got over that, they said he came back in this year, stronger and great shape. So, uh, with him as focused as he is and with the talent he has, I saw him and maybe I'm way off base, a lot of uh, Trent Williams in him, mm. uh, the type of athlete that he was. And, you know, whether he develops into that good of left tackle is yet to be seen. But I know that uh, that he has got a chance to be one of the premier left tackles in this league from what we've seen last year. And if he continues to, uh, st- you know, he has to stay healthy. He has had some durability issues, but if he's able to stay healthy, I think he'll be one of the premier left tackles in the league. 
As Debo notes for some detail there, Rick, uh, you traded down from 14 to 23 in that draft. 14 is where Elijah Barry Tucker went to the to the Jets. You got two third round picks uh, as part of that deal. And man, you were that was close. Like you could have lost Darius pretty easily. Oh my god, yeah, those are the moments in the draft where you just like are sweating, just like <laughs> I talked about when Adrian Peterson, my first draft in Minnesota, and that 10 minutes uh, with a team ahead of you picking, and you have everybody's sitting on pins and needles. It's you can hear a pin drop, uh, waiting to hear that name from the team that is ahead of you and who they select. And once they select a name that you didn't have your sights on, uh, it's the biggest <laughs> sense of, I don't know if it's relief, excitement, or whatever it is, but it's an unbelievable sensation when, when the board does fall your way. And fortunately, it fell our way that night. And, and that was my last draft, and I got fired after that. So You went out <laughs> with a bank, so you, 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 you did your part. It, was, it wasn't your fault, Rick. And you, it's all, yeah, it is. I was, I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me ask you this. So in terms of the offensive tackles on Pete's list, Darisol ranks seventh among those offensive tackles. He's 56 overall. And some of the, the tackles ahead of him and, and tell me how you would have these, this, this list sorted. I'll just go at the top. Number one is Trent Williams. Number two is Lane Johnson. Number three is Andrew Thomas. Number four, Tristan Werps, who you saw last week and spoke with him. He's moving over from the right to the left side, and I think he'll probably have a lot of success because he's a great player. Then Laramie Tunzel at five, Rashawn Slater at six, and then Christian Darisaw. How does that list strike you? I, yeah, no, I think it's on, although I'd probably put uh, Werps up ahead. Hmm. Uh, ahead of Andrew Thomas, maybe three? Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. I think he is very talented and all-pro type. And watching him move around at left on the left as a left tackle, and I know it's mini camp and it's limited. You're not in pads, but uh, I don't think he'll have any issues transitioning over to the left side because of his athleticism. And when he did come out uh, back in Iowa, I know we played on the right side, but there was no. A lot of people were discussing that whoever drafted him put him over on the left side because he's that athletic and that talented. So by him going to the left side and anticipating that he will probably play as well as he did on the right side, that he's going to get a significant contract, especially uh, what the left tackles are getting play, paid today. Which brings us back to, all right, you're paying Justin Jefferson. You got to pay Darisaw. The quarterback situation is going to be a tricky one. That's going to be something worth watching because you can sign a veteran, a Jimmy Garoppolo type who's healthy, but if you're not getting – the uh, productivity that you're getting out of a Kirk Cousins or better, I don't know if it matters who else is on the field. I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, but I don't. Ha I can agree or disagree. It doesn't matter. I'm doing podcasts <laughs> now. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's talk quickly about Dalvin Cook, who also made um, Peace Top 100. He's currently looking for a team. I don't think he'll be able to work much longer. He ranked 94th out of 100 players. And he was ninth among all nine running backs that made the made the, the top 100. And uh, a few of the names ahead of him, Saquon Barkley at 54, Austin Eckler at 70, the only undrafted player on this list, and then Alvin Kamara at 88. How do you feel about Dalvin Cook in, at 94? And how much tread do you think is left on those tires, given that he he's had – he's battled some injuries, but when he's on the field and healthy, he's a difference maker. Yeah. No, I still think he can be a difference maker, and I believe he did have – Finally got his uh, shoulder fixed this offseason. I know that was an issue 
uh, for a couple years. And with him playing with the shoulder that he had, um, because I can't tell you how many times that shoulder popped out, mm. uh, that he wore a harness. Um, but he is one tough ombre. And <laughs> the biggest thing that, uh, Minnesota is going to miss is he was that he was the heartbeat of that team, the team leader in the locker room, team leader on the field. And, um, uh, that's going to be, I believe, missed up in Minnesota for not only what he brings on the field, but what he brings from a leadership standpoint as well. No, I agree. And have you talked on HQ or elsewhere about some landing spots that make sense for him? Yeah. Yes, what, I have. What What do you have? I have I, Miami is the because that's his hometown. And uh, you wait know, a second, I, though. What about all the players I already have on that roster? The, yeah, I know. But can you imagine Cook on that roster? And I understand they have Wilson, they have Mostert, they drafted a chain. Yeah, Mostert and Wilson have durability issues, but to throw a playmaker like cook to go along with waddle and hill that would be a uh, very very explosive offense and another huge playmaker and miami has kind of went the route of they had all those draft picks but they've used those draft picks to try to go out and trade for tyreek hill to go try out yeah. and trade for nick chubb so they're in an arms race to catch the buffalo bills i believe in the afc east that's where the division, in my opinion, that had the biggest, you know, we talked about last year in the AFC West and all the arms race that went on out there with, uh, you know, the Chargers going and get Mac and, and going to get the corner uh, who ended up getting hurt this year with Denver going out and get Russell Wilson, everybody trying to catch the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, it seemed like it shifted to the AFC East this year. And I think Chris Greer has done a phenomenal job trying to go out and utilize those draft picks and trying to get quality, you know, players that were able to get them over the hump this year and try to Jalen Ramsey as well. And Jalen Ramsey uh, and uh, Vic Fangio. Fangio yeah. might be might be their biggest, the biggest offseason they hired. And yeah, absolutely. So if Tua can stay healthy. Uh, I went out to say that I, I'm not going to shy away from the Miami Dolphins but, uh, passing up the Buffalo Bills and winning the AFC this East this year if Tua can stay healthy. Yeah, that's a big gift. But to your point, helping Tua stay healthy is someone like Dalvin Cook in the backfield. So if you have – I guess you don't have too many running backs and too few given the injury concern. So, all right, I won't push back too hard on that. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Rick is going to tell us which – former member of Rick's Picks, got snubbed on Pete Pirsko's Top 100 right after this. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor brands. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Rick. There were 100 players on Pete's Top 100. 12 of those players were edge rushers. None of those players were named Daniil Hunter. Please explain to me what happened here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I should ask me <laughs> that uh, because I know Daniil, he was, I think, set an NFL record for most sacks before someone turned 25 years old. And then, unfortunately, he had the neck issue that ended up leading to surgery that ended up him missing some time. But And their defense wasn't very good last year at all. But Daniil still had 10 and a half sacks. I think you saw the signs of him finally recovering from that neck injury. And I think he is back to where Daniil was before the neck injury. So I was kind of surprised that he didn't make the list. And the other one that I was a little surprised on, I know he's not a Kirk Cousins fan, but Kirk Cousins not even in the top 100 to try to, after he won eight come-from-behind victories last year, um, setting an NFL record. I know they uh, didn't advance in the playoffs, but to me, Daniil Hunter was the one that still belongs up in that top 100 list. Yeah, so Daniil Hunter, third-round pick out of LSU. When you take guys in the third round, you talked about this before, you don't necessarily think they're going to be starters. I'm guessing he exceeded every expectation you had when you after you drafted him and once you got to see him on the field. The third-rounders were the guys you, you wanted to be eventual starters. I think when you got into Saturday as the guys were that were role players, uh, if you got lucky, end up being really good starters. Uh, but for the most part, being able to start games and win games with, but you don't know if they can line up for a 17-game season and, and match up with all the red and blues, uh, which would be the, the really good starters of the pro bowlers week in and week out. Uh, Daniil had so much upside and I give a lot of credit to Andre Patterson, who's a D line coach with the giants right now, um, for developing Daniil. He's had a history and was one of the best D line coaches I've ever been around. Mm. And, uh, I went down with him and George Edwards, who was the defensive coordinator at the time, who's now coaching outside linebackers at Tampa. And we went down and worked Daniil out and it was, he ran in the four fives. Uh, freak-type athlete, uh, and uh, we kind of fell in love with him on what we've seen on tape as far as the potential there. Uh, the coaches identified, and I always ask the coaches, can we fix, because he wasn't very productive coming out, but what's the reason why? Is it something, some physical limitation? Is it a technique thing? And the coaches felt that if they were able to get their hands on him, they were going to be able to develop him and teach him how to rush the passer mm-hmm. uh, because there was no physical limitations. And I give credit to them, and they did a phenomenal job developing Neil. Yeah, three sacks in 2013, his sophomore season, uh, only one and a half sacks in 2014. But he did have uh, 13 tackles for loss that year and, and six passes defended. So those numbers don't jump off the screen at you. But to your point, that's why you're asking questions about it. 
Also, a clarification here, Debo notes that uh, Pete has an honorable mentions list, and in order, Daniil would have been 103, and Kirk would have been 109. I don't know if that makes you feel any better or not. Oh, I can sleep better tonight. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pete, for that. Uh, a couple other names uh, at the edge rusher position. Uh, here, I'll start at the bottom, and, and you tell me where you're putting uh, Daniil in terms of the top 100. Matt Judon's 99. Would you put him ahead of Judon? Uh, Judon had a great year last year. He was very productive last year. So I would have Judon maybe a little higher up, but okay. that was based off of, you know, just last year. Uh, I don't know if Pete base, bases this top 100 just off of last year or if he's basing it off of career. I think but it's I think a mix of last year and then going forward. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I would, uh, I'd put my money on Daniil. And then Jalen Phillips was 95, who plays for the Dolphins. Trey Hendrickson was 91. And I'll tell you why Jalen Phillips is on there, because yeah. he's Pete's, and I agree with Pete, breakout player of the year. He thinks he's going to have a monster year, especially with Nick Chubb behind him. He's another one that is a freak athlete that really hasn't hit his potential yet. But with Vic Fangio down there and that new defense, uh, Jalen Phillips is going to – that name's going to be well-known, I think, by the end of the season. Yeah, had some injury concerns, transferred from UCLA to the U, and those are some of the issues surrounding where he might end up going drafted. Still got uh, – still went in the first round. Ahead of him, Trey Hendrickson at 91, Brian Burns at 67, Hassan Red at 64. It's hard to find a place where you're like, okay, this is clearly a, a, a position where you can, you can squeeze in someone who maybe didn't make the list. So I'll give Pete credit for – this list feels pretty well organized. Let me start at the top, though, because my guy's T.J. Watt, and Rick has Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, and Micah Parsons ahead of T.J. Watt. Are you okay with that? Yeah, because T.J. was hurt last year. Right. But but T.J., look at Pittsburgh's record when T.J.'s on the field compared to when he's not on the field. So Yeah, the he, night and day. He's not they're, they're a night and day defense with him on the field. All right. Those are... Um, some of Rick's former draft picks that made the list. One didn't in Daniil Hunter. And again, you can check all that out at Rick's picks. If you just search it on the YouTubes with, uh, with the first pick Rick's picks, you can watch all of those. We have the link somewhere. Maybe we'll tweet those out on the, uh, with the first pick at NFL, uh, draft CBS on Twitter and uh, check them out there. All right. Some of the numbers behind the list and Debo put these together because Debo takes his job very seriously, Rick. But he didn't put by position. I have it by position. I do too. You did it on a spreadsheet, which no one will teach me how to do a spreadsheet. So <laughs> I actually did it by hand. <laughs> I love it. Like three different times because I keep someone keeps interrupting me or I forgot where my spot was. And it's still uh, not completely accurate. But uh, all right. We'll we'll uh, compare notes and we'll see. So Debo notes there are 57 first rounders which checks out. That means that the scouting departments around the league are identifying the best players, and those players are working out for the most part. Uh, 19% went in the second round. 10% went in the third round. So quick math, 29 plus 57 is 86. Is that right? Well, um, yeah, you're the uh, guy that worked in the White House. You're the mathematician. I'm just a supporting actor. Just tell me what to do, and I'll yes, try to do Thank you, Debo. <laughs> so 80, 86% of these players were uh, day one or day two players. And then two round four guys, uh, 8% went in the fifth round. Only one in round six, two in round seven. And finally, Austin Eckler, as I mentioned, was the only undrafted free agent to make the list. 
He just said the other day he's happy to be in Los Angeles, I guess because he has no other option, but um, he's going to make that team better for sure. All right, Rick, how many quarterbacks did you have on your list? Uh, I broke it down by round. Oh, you did rounds. Okay. I thought, well, Debo did that for us. I just read that out. Did you? Yeah, I know, but he did it. Did he do it by position by round? No, I don't know. I can do that for you. How many quarterbacks were first rounders that were on the list? Let's see here. I'm going to say seven. Oh, seven. Let's see. All right. I had to sort this. Give me a second. You're you're putting me on the spot. You can actually sort things without having to hand write them out. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Let's see. Quarterbacks here. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. So all but one. So they're eight. Uh, eight of the nine are first rounders. The only one that isn't Debo's guy, Jalen Hurts. Yep. And according to my calculations, Debo, you're correct. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the takeaway there, and it's Pete's list. See, I did my homework. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Rick's handwritten homework. I joked earlier, he's keeping the pencil industry in business all by himself. I think the lesson there is, Rick, that if you don't get your quarterback in the first round, this isn't a revelation, but just to reconfirm, you're you're throwing darts because it's going to be tough to find a quarterback outside of round one. And that's why these teams sometimes – take risk in the first round in addition to the fifth year option, which you've talked about in the past. That's why you get your quarterback and fingers crossed, hope it works out. So I get it. I get it. All right. Uh, 19 wide receivers. I mentioned that. Let me ask you this. We'll, we'll ask you, Let your me ask you a, without using your cheat sheet. Yeah. Give me the top three positions taken in the first round that were on Pete's list. Oh. And it wasn't quarterback. Oh, that, okay. Offensive tackle. Offensive tackle. Edge rusher. Edge rusher. And cornerback. Nope. Oh. Defensive tackle. Really? Defensive tackle. Man. Yeah. Look at that. All right. That's funny. I was going to ask you a similar question. I was going to, well, you got the, you got the notes in front of you. What, what, uh, what position was uh, represented with the fewest number of players? The most players were wide receivers. I mentioned that. Which position had the fewest number of players on this list? Oh, you're cheating. I, look, I see you looking down. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I can use my notes. Debo didn't say we had to memorize this. <laughs> it's like the spelling bee, man. I am going to say interior offensive lineman. Yep, two centers, six guards. There are only five off-ball linebackers, but uh, I'll give you that. The two centers were Creed Humphrey. Do you know who the other one was? Uh, that went, They went in the second round. This one, uh, one center went in the second round, one went in the sixth round, and one went in the sixth round, which was Kelsey. You got it, Jason Kelsey. All right, Debo, are you proud of me and all the work I put into this podcast with your the, the uh information that you gathered for us? I know it's a long time ago, but Rick, when you were in school, like when you were taking a test, <laughs> would you be like looking at a sheet and the teacher was like, you can't look at that. And you're like, no, it's fine. Like, I took these notes. <laughs> I made sure my classes had open book. I always took open book tests. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got here. Oh, Debo broke it down by school, too. Look at Debo. No surprise here. Um, how many of the, the schools on this list pay you as part of your side <laughs> job? <laughs> uh, I see. That is see, I cannot 
divulge. I only see one. Anyway, Alabama at the top, no surprise there. Are you looking at this part? Yeah. Oh, you're looking at it? I was going to make you guess. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't have that part. My, All right. Well, uh, computer or my printer ran out of ink. So <laughs> ran out of pencil lead? Blank page. Oh, my gosh. His computer ran out of pencil lead. Ohio State had seven guys. They came in second. Clemson, Oklahoma, LSU. What's the surprise team on this list? Oh, here's the surprise team of the list. So uh, there's a group of teams at the bottom that have three players each. Um, looks like nine teams. One of these schools is not like the other, and that school is Cincinnati. There's Notre Dame, Penn State, Oregon, Ole Miss, and then you have Cincinnati sitting there with three players. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Who are the Cincinnati players on this list? Uh, Kelsey, the tight end. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. All right. Um, let me think. Gardner, Sauce Gardner. Yep. The corner, two. Who's the other one? And oh, probably don't have to think too hard. No, you don't think too hard. I, I, I overthought that one. I'll give it to you. You got it. We'll say you said Kelsey's plural and then Sauce. Mm-hmm. I was like, Alec Pierce, Des Ritter? No. No. Good job, Debo, on that. Ryan, the one that, that stood out to me won the past two national titles and they're building towards it. Probably. You know, we'll be up towards Alabama maybe in a few years, but Georgia only with three with the likes of Cincinnati and, and Iowa and some other schools on this list. But, you know, I know it's more recent success, but you would kind of expect them to have more representation on this list. Yeah, that to me says that Pete hates Georgia. So the Georgia players are Andrew Thomas, Nick Chubb, and Roquan Smith. That's interesting. Stafford off the list this year. No Stafford. Um. So who are some of the Georgia players? Like uh, next year, we'll have Keely Ringo, Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis, <laughs> all all the Eagles, Jalen <laughs> Carter. I will bet a dollar none of those guys make the list next year. <laughs> Not one of those guys. Uh, how, how many are on the list? How many are they? What is it? The Georgia Eagles. How many are there? There's I, bet, Keely. I bet you one of the the five Georgia players on the Eagles will make that list. So that's Jalen Carter. Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis, Keely Ringo, and, and Nolan, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith, yeah. Okay, I'll take that dollar back. All right, put it down. Zero. So now, and the, here's the thing: don't worry about Rick paying off Pete because Rick's so cheap; he's not going to pay a dollar over a dollar to have Pete throw the bet. No, no, I'm, I'm a, I rely on my integrity, and if Pete gives <laughs> uh, one of those guys number one hundred. I'll pay the dollar gladly. <laughs> All right, Rick, let's talk about some of the, the rookies on this on this list here. And you mentioned Sauce Gardner. I mentioned Chris Olave earlier, I believe. Two other names, Garrett Wilson and Treek Woolen made the list. So Sauce Gardner is the number two overall cornerback. Should he be number one? No, I would give him he's only done it from one year. Okay. All right, you're okay with that. Uh, Garrett Wilson is a uh, wide receiver at 12. Chris Olave's at 15. Are you okay with Olave being on this list, no, Garrett I Wilson? Think he should have been lower. He's yeah, top, okay. leader, but I think he should be lower than that. And Tariq Woolen, who had six interceptions last year, I believe, he is, is also on the list. He came in at 86 overall. He's the number six cornerback. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine okay. with that. All right. Any other rookies that you thought maybe should have been on there that weren't? Yes. I, I can't believe he snubbed Kenneth Walker the third. My guy, Ken Walker. Seattle. Did you know? And doing my research, 
is that his last three games, he rushed for over 100 yards. He ended up having over 1,000 yards for the season. I know he got hurt a little bit, but uh, his best game was 167 yards on 23 carries uh, at the uh, Chargers. So um, he averaged about four, six per carry. But when you go back and look at the rookie of the years, you know that he was the number one, uh, had the most first place votes out of any offensive rookie last year with 19. And I then did not know that. Wilson had 18, but Garrett Wilson had 19 second place votes, which passed uh, Kenneth Walker. But Kenneth Walker actually had the most first place votes last year. So that was my rookie that should have been on the top 100 that was snubbed. No, I actually like that. And uh, my fun fact about Kenneth Walker III is that he prefers to be called Ken, which for some reason no one listens to. Like he told us that at the Combine, and uh, everyone still calls him Kenneth for some reason. But um, he's a great player. Like he's a fun player. Transferred from uh, from Wake Forest to Michigan State because of that weird sort of slow match offense to run at Wake Forest. He wanted to, an opportunity to play in more of a pro-style offense. And um, he hit the ground running at Michigan State uh, two seasons ago and parlayed that to being a second-round pick. And now is part of a really good team in Seattle that is going to have a chance to to make some noise in that division if my guy Geno Smith continues. Why, to do, why do you think Pete ex- excluded him from the list? Well, here's the thing, Pete. I think he excluded Minka Fitzpatrick a few years ago. I think he excluded him. Either that or he had him really low. And then Pete had to go on a podcast, or maybe he did it on HQ. Had to explain to to B Mac and I think Cam Hayward and maybe even Minka at some point why he messed up and Pete tried to defend himself. But I think if Pete were being honest, he would say he just overlooked him, which happens when you're putting together a list of. Yeah. But if I'm not mistaken, he didn't even make the honorable mention list. Debo, is he in the honorable mention list? Give me a second. I don't have it memorized. Jeez, oh, why did you guys do research before this thing. You believe that's a no. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe uh, Ken Walker is this year's Mika Fitzpatrick in terms of being disrespected by Pete Prisco. So, but you also mentioned Kirk Cousins. He didn't make the honorable mention list. He got um, the short short end of the straw there. And another name we'll mention before we take a break in terms of guys getting um, not getting the recognition that perhaps history says they deserve. What do you think about Russ Wilson? Is that okay that he's off this list? Yeah, he didn't play very good last year. Okay. Uh, history, but last year there was absolutely no way he should be on this list. <laughs> but if we're doing the Jalen Phillips, this is going to be a breakout year for him. What if we're doing the Russ Wilson's going to have success with Sean? Well, Russ Wilson's not 24 years old. Russ okay. Wilson's, so he has to see if he can still do what he was able to do at his age. So I can okay. I, I can identify with that. All right, fair enough. All right, we'll take a quick break and come back. I'm going to tell you some more of the players that I think got screwed by Pete Prisco on this list, and uh, we'll talk about some players that have a chance to make it next year after really good rookie seasons. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What were you going to say, Rick, before the commercial cut you off so yeah, rudely? no, the commercial cut me off, and now I forgot what I was <laughs> going to say. <laughs> it was so good, too. Uh, oh, I was... no, Debo, we didn't clarify. Did Ken or Walker even make a mention or no? No, he did not. Ooh. All right, wow. take it out with Pete. All right, let me throw some names at you, Rick, and you tell me whether they should have made the list or not. We've talked about Daniil Hunter. What about... Jared Goff. I think I see the one that really bothered me um, was Justin Fields on there. Okay. I understand how fast he ran and he ran for over a thousand yards and all that stuff. But to me, Cousins and Golf were both better quarterbacks than Justin Fields was last year. Now, and maybe also that changes this year. And maybe Pete thinks he's going to be because I thought I think he's going to be one of those breakout. Jalen Hurst to a type uh, players this year. So maybe he was anticipating that, but I was surprised that Justin Fields was ahead of those two. Dak Prescott. Yeah. Although Dak is, uh, there's some questions on Dak. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he, he had some tough stretches. Uh, one of my Dak favorite was players. 102. 102. Was Jared on there at all, Jared Goff? While you look for that, I'm going to tell you one of my no. favorite players. Oh, he wasn't on there. Okay. Tyler Lockett. Like, Tyler Lockett, to me, is chronically undervalued. And I think he's secretly one of the best players in the league at the wide receiver position. I would agree. I, I think he okay. is. He does a lot for Seattle and has had a very productive career. Um, that I would – would you take Lockett ahead of – well, Kirk, I believe, was on the list um, and down in Jacksonville. I don't – let me see. I don't know if Kirk. Yeah, he was. He was 87. I would take Lockett over Kirk, even though Kirk had a pretty good year. I get it. It's close. And I'm not throwing shade, as the kids say, at Pete. This is actually a tough job. We just like to give him a hard time. All right. I'm going to mention a group of guys. You tell me if you would take any of these guys on this list. Um, Khalil Mack, Cameron Jordan, or Keenan Allen. None of these guys made the list. No, I think they both all were getting along youth and uh, didn't have as productive of years as they have in the past. All right. All right. I got it. Ryan, right. how, how does kind of Pete try to clarify his list? He, he tries to say projecting into 2023 while also looking at, at past performance just to kind of right. clarify that. Not that we need to defend Pete. Yeah. Yeah. And that explains Russ Wilson to, to Rick's point. Russ isn't a, a spring chicken. Number one and number two last year was, was terrible. So he's going to have to win the Super Bowl for him to get back on peace list. It feels like he's got a really good season. Whereas Jalen Phillips is, is on the up and he's a young player who's explosive, great athlete and stays healthy. He's going to have a really good, uh, likely to have a really good season. All right. Um, I'm just gonna go right to it. I don't see it on the rundown Debo, but I'm maybe misreading it. The player that I think, um, my biggest snub. This is just my biggest overall snub. I don't know if you have that or not, Rick. I, mis- I misread Debo's instructions. So your guy might be Ken you Walker. Know, yeah, you do it every time. I do do it every time. But here's a question. Like, I'm legitimately concerned. Maybe I misread it. Maybe this guy's on the list. Maybe he's on the on the honorable mention list, Debo. But where's Javon Hargrave? 
It, was he not? Yeah, I think he was on honorable mention list. Honorable mention down the list a little bit. Yeah. That dude was dominant. Yeah, Nothing. well, yeah. I mean, the way he <laughs> played last year and the, the number that he got from a contract standpoint was definitely, I mean, is, uh, should have been considered on that top 100 list. Okay. All right. Well, I thought I'd get more of a reaction out of that. But uh, Team Javon here is uh, fighting a, a lonely battle. All right. Most likely from this list to make a leap next year. That's a question Debo asked. Second-year players on Pete's honorable mention list um, who didn't make it, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Charles Cross, the left tackle for Seattle. We talked about the Seattle team a little bit. Christian Watson, the wide receiver, uh, second-round pick for the Packers. And Kyle Hamilton, who fell into the first round lower than people thought in the media, went to the Ravens uh, in part because he ran into the four sixes, so on and so forth. Any of these guys catch your attention, Rick? Yeah, I mean, Cross does, and they talk about it, but I think Abraham. Abraham's uh, a good one. The right tackle. The right tackle, who was a third-round pick out of Washington State, yep. uh, should have been on that list. And I think he's even going to take another step forward. He was one of my uh, favorite guys in that in, in our last draft. We took Darisol, but uh, he was on our board pretty high as well. Yeah, and both those guys came in immediately and started. And we compared a little bit, if you want to go back and listen to last week's podcast, sort of the Buccaneers trajectory with Baker Mayfield and what the Seahawks were able to do with a revitalized Geno Smith. And part the big part of that was getting offensive line sorted, getting the running game sorted, and now they're trying to get that defense back up to snuff. But they've done a lot of things right in Seattle, and the Buccaneers are going to have to have sort of that slash luck success to, to be competitive uh, in that post-Tom Brady world. But Abe Lucas and and Charles Cross were a big part of that. Aiden Hutchinson feels like the easy one for me. He had nine sacks last year. I think he had three forced fumbles and three like interceptions, like a, a crazy stat yeah. for, for an edge rusher. And the question with him, and we actually – I asked him this at the combine. I didn't want to because he was one of my favorite players. But Pete kept saying, he's reached his ceiling. He's reached his ceiling. And what Aiden said is, I'm 21 years old. How could I have possibly reached my ceiling? And I agreed hundred percent. And we saw how I remember watching him after sophomore year, because there's some talk that he might be a, a player to watch. And I wasn't that impressed and junior year got, um, or the next year got a little better. I don't know if he came out as junior senior year, but his final year, he turned it on at Michigan. And then he has continued to get better, uh, as a rookie. And, and I think that the arrows pointing up on him and I think he has a chance to be better than cave on I don't think he's a better athlete, but I think in terms of what he's able to do and how he, he's able to do it, Right now, he's he's a better football player. Yeah, I, I probably, maybe I'm overreaching here a little bit, but I think he has some uh, uh, some Jared Allen in him. Okay, uh, that's not overreaching. He had a great rookie uh, season. Yeah, no, just from, he may not be the athlete that Thibodeau is, but Jared Allen wasn't a great athlete, but he knew how to rush the passer. And knew how to work the edges of blockers, and I can see uh, uh, Hutchinson going that same way. Let me mention. I don't want to. The reason I'm mentioning Pete here because this is his list. But Pete said during the last draft cycle that one of the issues he had with Will, Will Anderson that he wasn't twitched up, and that if Will only gets nine or ten sacks a year, he, he's more likely to be that guy than a guy who gets sixteen to eighteen sacks, which sounds insane. But here's the thing: if Will Anderson has the rookie season that Aiden Hutchinson has, I would imagine the Texans will be ecstatic. Yeah, no, for a rookie to come in and get nine or ten sacks his first year, that would be uh, 
that would be a huge success for a rookie. All right. So, speaking of these rookies, what are you going to say? No, I, I I agree. Actually, agree with you. All right. Pete Prisco brings everyone together <laughs> alongside of my good friend, CBS Sports draft analyst Ryan Wilson. <laughs> You know, I looked down for a second. I was like, why is Rick going into the speech? And I looked up and you had your little Hawaiian shirt on there uh, for, for Memorial Day, I believe. All right. Speaking of rookies, let's talk about some it's of the rookies. It's not Hawaiian. It's an island shirt, even though I technically Hawaii is an island, but it's a Sanibel Island shirt. Oh, Sanibel Island. Okay. I don't want to disrespect Sanibel Island shirts. Fair enough. Thank you for the <laughs> clarification. All right. We talked about Will Anderson. Let's talk about some of these other rookies who we think have the best shot of making Pete's list next year. We uh, know with uh, almost 100% certainty that none of the Eagles rookies will make the list. You've made that clear with your $1 bet. Any other rookies that, that get your attention that perhaps have a chance to have some success? Yeah, no, I think there, uh, there are a lot of them. I, and you look at when's the last time, and this was the one that I was struggling back and forth with. Um, I think Bijan Robinson, because yeah. of the role he's going to have, that's he's going to be potentially offensive rookie of the year lead candidate just because of how many times he's going to be able to touch the ball. Um, I put Will Anderson up there as a guy, if he gets nine or 10 sacks should definitely be on this list, but apparently nine sacks and three interceptions is not good enough for Pete as a rookie. So, Nope. Uh, so he didn't was one Oh one, by the way, just to, to note that one Oh one, how many one Oh ones does he have on this list? 10 different guys are 101. Uh, and then my guy that I was debating back and forth and uh, just to irritate Pete was uh, Bryce Young. Why are you debating that? I, I'm not debating that, but um, the last time a quarterback, according to my research, Debo, that you didn't do for me, I did myself, was <laughs> that one rookie of the year which I will always remember because I thought Justin Jefferson deserved that was uh, Herbert. Yeah. That, that beat out Justin Jefferson that year for rookie of the year. But I think uh, Bryce, I, cause I put him as a plus, I think Debo, you only said we were allowed to have three. And I can't remember what the total rule was. Um, You're allowed to have four if you want, right? No. Okay. If you think four guys are going to make the list next year, Who's that fourth one? Who was the fourth one I had on there? You had Don Kincaid. Oh, the the tight end up in Buffalo. Yep. Yep. But now that uh, Stefan Diggs is going to be calling plays, uh, <laughs> I get many opportunities. I did not. <laughs> going to count for that? Mm -mm. Here's the thing. No quarterback made it last year. No rookie quarterback made it last year on Pete's list. But also keep in mind, the only rookie drafted in the first round was Kenny Pickett. We had the whole Matt Corral and, and Malik Willis situation. Des Riddle will get a chance to play this year. And uh, there was a fifth quarterback who I can't even know. Oh, Sam Howell will get a chance to play this year. So maybe that changes. But in terms of quarterbacks drafted two years ago who made Pete's list, uh, Pete's best friend in the world, Trevor Lawrence, made it. Uh, at 23, I mean, that feels sort of high, but whatever. Justin Fields at 78, you've talked about him already. So it feels reasonable that Bryce can make this list and maybe CJ, if things go right for him, has a chance. Anthony Richardson feels like a long shot uh, just because he's so young uh, in terms of inexperience. Uh, but, hey, never say never, I suppose. Uh, so, yeah, you took the the low-hanging fruit. Bijan, the running back, he's going to get a ton of work. Uh, Will Anderson, if he does some, some Aiden Hutchinson things, I think he certainly deserves to be on the list. But I do wonder if Pete will – 
subconsciously or otherwise hold a grudge against Will Anderson because he knows that, uh, you know, he was. He was, I don't know if he has a bigger grudge against Will Anderson or Bryce Young. And Bryce Young is the other one. Bryce could throw 60 touchdowns and Bryce might not make the list. No. Well, he threw 35 interceptions. Um, so, yeah, I think Bryce has a realistic chance. And I, I think, I don't know what the odds are. <laughs> I don't know if Vegas does odds for rookies making Pete Prisco's top 100 list, but he might be at the top of that list. Now, going back a couple of years ago, just talking about just the year after. Yeah. Obviously, no one last year. 2021, even with Pete's guy, Trevor Lawrence, not surprising that he didn't make the top 100 after his rookie year, but neither did Justin Fields, Mac Jones, anyone in that class. You have to go back to 2020 draft for someone to make the list the following year with Burrow and Herbert. Oh, okay. And those guys both balled out. So I don't think we're going to see – I think you would agree, Rick. We're not going to see a Justin Herbert slash Joe Burrow type season from Bryce Young in Carolina in year one, are we? Well, you just said it. You never know. Out of <laughs> that can do it, Bryce Young. That is true. And I was, as I was asking the question, I, I was like, well, maybe it may be because the Bengals stunk when Joe Burrow got there. They were a terrible football team. And he, not single handedly, they, you know, they, they put some, some players, Duke Tobin put, had the players sort of, everyone was, everything was coming together as Joe Burrow arrived. And you sort of get that sense of Carol. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Bryce Young is going to be your Joe Burrow as it is to uh, Pete. Like Pete loves Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert. All right, my list of three rookies who have a chance to to make the list next year. I'm going to take a page out of the Tariq uh, Woolen playbook, and I'm going with Emmanuel Forbes, who had 4,000 career interceptions in in college. And look, he's 166. We know that, but he's he's over six feet. He ran into the four threes. He's a ball hawk. You saw him live, and you were on him back in the fall, and you were impressed with seeing him in person. And that translates. Like if you are, if you get turnovers and interceptions in high school, typically that follows you to college. And if you get to the NFL, typically it follows you there. So I like the idea of Emmanuel Forbes uh, making a little noise. I don't know if he's going to get six like Tariq Woolen did, but I, I think he has a chance to be an impact player in Washington early on. Then I went with uh, wide receiver Jordan Addison out of Pitt in USC, who was drafted by the Vikings. We talked about. You know, the uh, making salary cap room for Justin Jefferson and eventually Christian Derrissaw, and you need to do that. But I think this will be an opportunity in a post-Adam Thielen world for Jordan Addison to get some of those looks as teams double and triple and quadruple team or whatever, Justin Jefferson. And Kirk Cousins is a veteran-savvy quarterback. Hopefully he'll find Jordan Addison, and he'll have an opportunity to test with success there. And finally, a little wild card, a guy whose name's been buzzing on the social medias, Rick, at Tennessee camp. Not Will Levis. Tajay Spears running back out of Tulane. There were some injury concerns with him through, through the draft process. You didn't see it on the field, the way he finished his career at Tulane, the way he played at the Senior Bowl. He was one of the best players there. He is um, the nice yin to Derrick Henry's yang, if you want, in terms of size and, and the way he plays the running back position. He can give you something as a receiver. He's a shifty sort of third down type back. And I think he could get an opportunity to, to be a part of that offense, whether Henry's healthier or otherwise. But I think... Ryan Tannehill isn't the the answer, so I think they may lean more on the running game, and we know that Mike Grable likes to do that. What do you think about those three players? Yeah, it's, Spears is the only one I'd be a little hesitant with because I think uh, King Henry's going to get the bulk of the carries. He'll come in and spell him in some third down stuff, I imagine, and catching the ball out of the backfield, but I don't see him having the impact like a Kenneth Walker or somebody like that. Let me ask you, as and you didn't do the game plan, of course, but Henry's 29. Do you still want to just run him into the ground, or do you want to limit his mileage now that he's 
They're going to have to. They don't have any receivers. They don't have a tight end. Okay. <laughs> then they have Tannehill. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So uh, if you want to generate offense, it's going to have to go through him. All right. Well, he better stay healthy. Hope he's doing his sit-ups and push-ups right now. <laughs> he is. Okay. Yeah, he, he looks like he probably is. All right, you talk about Bryce Young as – as a your leading candidate to, to be the rookie to, to make Pete's list next year. I think that's fair. CJ Stroud. What, what do you put his chances at? I think a lot has to go right at Houston. Yeah. I, I, I don't think him, I think the, the guy right behind Bryce that may make the most noise just because of his athleticism uh, would be Anthony Richardson. Um, maybe not all throwing, uh, but he's going to do some things that I think are going to open your mouth when you watch some of the <laughs> things that he does athletically on the field next year. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Richardson ends up having a big, big year for Indy. Whether they're going to be good or not, that's another thing. But I think Anthony Richardson will kind of, because of his athleticism, uh, take take the NFL similar, not saying he's going to be Lamar Jackson, but something like that, or Cam Newton, or any of these other freak athletic quarterbacks that come in as rookies who may not be great throwers right initially, but they can make plays uh, off their athleticism. Right now, on the record, I want you to tell me what you're going to do if a year from now Will Levis is on this list and and your guy Bryce Young is not. Well, then it's then it's a, it's a it's a fix. It's all fixed. The witch hunt. It's rigged. <laughs> it's rigged. <laughs> all right. I just want to have you on record for that. All yes. right. All right. That's it. We are done, Debo. That's a wrap on episode 60. 60 episodes. My goodness. You spent a lot of time with me, Rick. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait for episode 61 coming up on Thursday. Uh, that's right. So in the meantime, remember, give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to the old podcast and leave a five-star review. Thanks, as always, to my guy Rick. Thanks to Devo for producing, and thanks to all you guys out there who watch and listen. As Rick notes, we'll see you back here on Thursday. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.